Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey guys, Michael Aceta here, owner of Matador Canine Brilliance, author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes, and host of the Acknowledged Dogs podcast. I'm stuck in a little bit of traffic, so I thought I would tell you about my philosophy on dog training. What 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 do I think dog training should be about? What do I do, uh, think you should do as a trainer or as an owner? Because you have a lot of responsibility, right? Just as a parent of a, of a human child, you are the parent of a dog, an animal that needs to learn without really being judged. And, and I know what you might be thinking. Oh, well, you know, if you use punishment, you're definitely judging the behavior. If you're trying to shape the behavior, you're judging the behavior. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is, as a learner, think about when you were learning in school. It never helped to have someone beat on you saying you're stupid, that's not right, you know, you got it wrong, try again, try again, try again. A very select few people will take that and grow from it. I remember the movie Whiplash. If you've never seen the movie Whiplash, it's an absolutely fantastic movie. Uh, it's about a, a, a conductor, you know, um, not a conductor, yeah, a conductor. A conductor who's working with musicians trying to put on a show. And our, our main protagonist really wants to be an amazing drummer. So he practices and he practices and he practices. No matter how good he gets, the conductor still berates the hell out of him. So what does this drummer learn? Well, for one, no matter how good I get, it's never going to please this conductor. So should I give up? And he eventually does a little bit. He comes back because he's had a heartfelt conversation, a heartfelt conversation with the conductor uh, at like a, a jazz music hall thing. And they talk about how getting pushed to that limit and succeeding will help you be the best musician possible. And that's all the conductor wanted to do. He just wanted to get people in the best possible position so he could create really good musicians. That was his goal. So what can we learn from that? As a dog trainer, as a, as a parent, right, I'm constantly trying to teach those that I'm responsible for, my dogs, my clients' dogs, my clients, as well as my own son. I'm constantly trying to teach them what my expectations are and reward them for even getting close because we can shape that part later, right? If I can get my dog or my son close to what I want, I can then encourage them to keep going. For example, last night, my son really wanted to take a bath, and I know he wanted to take a bath. So I use that as a reward. But I also want to teach him that you can't just get everything you want. So instead of rewarding him with a bath for nothing, I made him clean the living room. Now, this does not mean pulling out the vacuum and sweeping and all that. I just made him pick up all of his toys. So what does he learn? One, cleaning up gets good things, which is great. It makes it much easier in life as he gets older Geez, the camera's moving around a lot. Sorry, guys. Um, it gets much easier for him later on in life to clean and to enjoy cleaning because he knows there's a reward at the end of it, right? 
but it also helps him do something right now, right? I clean. Oh, I feel good. Yeah, now I get to go do the bath. And then the bath becomes even more enjoyable because he can play and not, well, maybe he's not thinking about this, but I, <laughs> if I were to do this in my own life, as he gets older, he's going to start learning doing things feels better than just getting stuff for free. Okay. So after the bath, his mindset was already thinking about, oh, what can I do? So he started picking up his toys, not his toys, his shoes, I'm sorry, pick up his shoes and he put them where they belonged. And then it, when we went to go sleep, we have a, a loft bed and he has a, his own bed. He climbed right into his bed, wasn't asked. You know, sometimes he puts up a little bit of a fight. He'll cry, he'll throw a little fit. Nope, last night he climbed right in. He got right under the covers. <laughs> Excuse me, my goodness. The sun's glaring in my eyes. That's why I got the sunglasses on. So he got right into his bed. He pulled the covers over himself. And that was it. He went to sleep. We even rewarded him with that by letting him sleep in bed with us. Well, at least lay down. He did eventually go back to his own bed. But point being... He started to look for things to do in order to get rewards. Maybe he thought he was going to get another bath. I have no idea. But it worked. If I was going to work with my clients, I want to get them success as fast as possible, right? The dog owners that I work with for reactive dogs, problem behaviors, basic obedience, manners, all those things, I want to get them success as fast as possible so that they get rewarded for choosing, one, to work with me, but two, to train their dog. If it takes too long to get a reward, for an individual, they're not going to continue the process. For example, one of my recent clients, he's got one week under his belt working with me, and he's already able to go on long leash hikes with his dog. And he's noticed that his dog sees somebody, and instead of freaking out already, instead of panicking and barking and carrying on and lunging, he's checking in with the owner. This is a huge win for him. Right. And he already likes training his dog, but now he can go and do fun adventures with his dog and enjoy the company together without all the stress. So he gets to enjoy that more. And I feel good because I helped him do that. I gave him the skills and tools necessary. But he feels good because he's working with his dog, getting rewarded for working and building the relationship with his dog, which is beautiful. Okay. If you are interested in having that kind of results with your dog, Click the link in the description, training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. I have plenty of stories like that of individuals who have done training before and they haven't gotten exactly what they're looking for. And because it's because they need somebody that listens to the information, understands what their goals are and how to get there quickly so that they can get the results, get rewarded for it, and then move forward. But I bring that over into my philosophy of dog training. So when I first started training dogs almost 10 years ago, the biggest name for me was Cesar Milan. And I learned a lot from him on reading dogs and looking at dogs and understanding how we influence the dog. But it didn't teach me probably 99% of what I know about dogs now. It taught me a very, very small fraction of dog training. So then I went to college for dog training. I understood more about it, the psychology of dogs, the actual science behind how they learn, the genetics, the chemistry, the early experiences, the adult learning, all of that stuff kind of got pushed together. The health aspect, not only did I begin learning in college, but was improved upon when I worked at a facility that was a fitness facility. It actually focused on dogs' health 
and obedience in the relationship. So that got stronger. But the whole time I've been dealing with this back and forth between, is it okay to correct a dog? Or do I just not know the skills yet to correct the dog? And maybe it's because of how I started training versus how I train now. Right? When I began training, it was a lot of corrections. It was a lot of corrections. Just, you know, snap, boop, bop, all those things to stop the dog from doing what it's doing and punish it for doing the wrong thing without ever teaching it the right thing. Again, I learned at a time where this was kind of the, the available content for me. As I grew, as I learned... I moved very quickly away from that. And I started learning as much as I could about clicker training, positive reinforcement, using rewards, different reward schedules, different reward placement, right? Different games and exercises that dogs really enjoyed and learned very quickly from. The more I learned that, the further away I got from punishing dogs. And I think the reason is, if I didn't know how to teach a dog something, I needed to go improve my education, my knowledge. So instead of going, all right, well, I can't get the dog to do the thing I do want them to do. I'm just going to stop them from doing the thing I don't want them to do. That's what I think balance trainers do. That's what I think compulsive trainers do. Instead of fixing the problem at the root, which is they don't understand what they should be doing. They go about just punishing the dog for making any decision and the dog shuts down. Now, I've been asked, would you ever use a correction? Would you ever correct a dog? And my answer is, yeah, possibly. I don't know. Now, my first statement is I've never met every dog, so I can't definitively say I would correct. I wouldn't correct a dog because I, I don't know. I've never met every single dog. I will avoid correcting a dog until, this is important, until I believe in my heart of hearts that this dog knows the behavior 100% and there's no other reason as to why they're not doing it besides the fact that they've chosen not to do it out of like spite or something, which we know dogs don't react out of spite. It's not how it works. So why would I correct a dog? I probably wouldn't. <laughs> That's the secret. I probably would not correct a dog. I would only correct a dog if I think it was absolutely necessary and 99% of the time, almost 100% of the time, I'm going to say it's not necessary. That's my philosophy on dog training. That's what I think as a dog trainer is my responsibility to not only teach my clients that, but to teach my dogs that, and to teach my son that. I'm going to teach you what I want you to do and reward you so heavily that there's no reason you shouldn't do it. And then I'm going to expect you to do it because of how much you love doing it. Thank you guys for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know it's in the car. It's a little weird, a little different. Um, hopefully the sound is fantastic. <laughs> if it's not, that's fine. Uh, let me know and I'll just talk about my philosophy again. It's no big deal. If you guys aren't following me on social media, please do. If you have not gotten the dog training cheat codes, either the physical copy or the ebook version, you can do that as well at matadorcanine.com. And if you're looking for dog training coaching, Head over to training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. See you guys soon.